One, uh, welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. Joining me as always is co-host Alan Niven. Bonjour, Monsieur Alain. How are you? Good morning. Um, yes. <laughs> upright and breathing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm in Montreal. You, you guys are in Arizona and California, so it's a little bit earlier for you. And of course, we've also got uh, Toto guitarist Steve Lukather joining us. And uh, Steve, just. Oh. Always, always, always a a pleasure to to chat with you and and you know it's good that we have Alan who used to be in management and we have you that's that's in a band. Uh, let me just quickly start with that. How how nervous are we in terms of the industry and the business moving forward? Because right now it's 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 We're you limbo, can't tour. We have you to can't... wait and see. Ask me at the end of the week. I really, honest to God, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it, a lot has to do politically, and a lot of it has to do with the virus. You know, I mean, if we yeah. can't leave or we're not welcome in another country because of it, um, then that's going to cripple the music business and probably end it in the ways that we ever knew it. I don't know how we'll carry on this way. And you know, I'm lucky to be to have had the best years when it was still really happening. And it took a, you know, I had a year off with my family, and I want to go back to work again. And yeah, play so what? music like the way I still play music for the same reason I did when I was eight years old. You know what I mean? Because it makes me happy. Now, if I had you know forced retirement, well, okay. But I don't. I don't. I feel like there's a whole lot more I want to do. I put together a new band and got uh, solo records coming out that we're touring together along with the Toto stuff. And we went through a serious litigation, lost a shitload of money, had to buy back our own name. I want to make my money back. You know. And yeah, so, uh, the guys that want to play can play. It's me, Paige, and Joe. Paige and I were like the original guys. Everybody else was, is retired or dead, and yet I got a, a billionaire, remarried billionaire widow who's crawled up my piss hole so many times you could drive a fucking truck in it. I'm sick of it. Man. I don't want to deal with this shit. You know, I want to make my money back. Well, yeah. So let, let, let's 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 unbundle. Hang, 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 hang on, hang on one second. Hold right. on, hold on. Let me slow down. First of all, Steve, it is always such a gas to get on a phone with you because you, you know, you're no fucking slouch with a guitar. I mean, <laughs> that, that, however, what most people don't know is that you are one of the best raconteurs, the best storytellers in rock and roll. You're, it's just <laughs> you such think a, so? Well, I wrote a book and it didn't oh, I, listen, I don't think things. I slowly learn and, and know things. I'm not bright enough to think. I just right. slowly by osmosis <laughs> discover things. So I have slowly discovered that you are just a great storyteller. And one of the things that crossed my mind yesterday um, when I was thinking about this call was, you know what, with all, all the circumstances that we're dealing with right now, whether we had those circumstances or not, if I had any influence or any contribution to uh, Steve's life, I would suggest an evening with. Just take a guitar out there, play, play like a motherfucker like you do, and tell stories. And put together yeah, an entertaining. Yeah, somebody else But you know, that's uh, again, we're we're at the point where what venues could I do to do that to make it worthwhile for me to do it? You know what I mean? And uh, um, I mean that's how well, I, uh, that's how you I know, wrote my you know, book because I did a, I did a talk at the at the Grammy Museum and my agents mm -hmm. at the time were like, dude, you got to write a book. 
I wrote a book. It took me a pain in the ass, but it was number one on Amazon five star oh, yeah. reviews. So I did that. Um, you know, I, I like to do different things. You know, I've been hit on to do some TV shit, but I don't want to be on one of those cheese ball shows that, you know, singer shows. You know, unless I can wear a clown suit or something like that to make the dough and make a fun make fun of it, and they wouldn't want that. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Like my my whole version of my life is I don't know. I fell in love with a wonderful chick. My kids are great. Um, you know, I save money, but, you know, so it's not really my motivation, but hey, you know, it, it would be nice to get paid again after being off for a year. <laughs> for a year. So let, I, think let, you, you, I think we all feel that way, you know. We do. So let, well, let me get into in, 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 a, in a COVID situation, um, yeah. not that I'm pressing you to do this, but obviously in a COVID situation, it would be far easier for you to get into a room of um, any size if it was just you. Telling stories and and and, and playing, no bus, no crew, no nothing. No, I know. I understand. I understand what you're saying, and you're not the first person to say that to me. Actually, they wanted to do a little book tour slash storytelling thing, but you know, at the same time, I ain't James Taylor that's going to sit around and play you my folk songs in one man bandit. Most of the shit I do is fairly produced and loud and obnoxious, you know, except for the few ballads that were hits that I wrote. You know, James Taylor can't tell a story like you. Well, the thing is, I also don't have a filter, and I offend people with my voice. You know, That's my exactly opinion. my point. That's exactly well, my know, point. But, That's why I'd be wonderful. Well, I got what? 45 years of experience in this business, bro. I used to be the number one session player, and I had a hit band, and I've sustained that for almost 45 years. I don't think there's a lot of people that have done that. But, you know, it doesn't get any press. Or hung now, out with Harrison, I, had dinner with Dylan. What? I did have Or dinner. hung out with Harrison or had di- dinner with Dylan. I mean, yeah, you know, just, your stories are wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Thank you. And the I fact that you're with, so straightforward. So thank you. you know, I just a... want to keep moving forward, man. You know, I... I, I, I I don't do well sitting around. I mean, I'm good for a month or two. That was for the first couple of months of the lockdown. We're like, Jesus, it's so great to be home, sleep in my own bed, see my kids every day, my little kids, see my older kids more. And, uh, you know, my son just got engaged. That was pretty cool. But let's uh, the say- irony is he got engaged to Jonathan Cain's daughter, which I'm waiting for the memes now to start any second. You know, she's a <laughs> lovely girl. She's, you know, she's Liz's daughter, not well, the, see, the other one. We're, we're going to need a uh, Toto journey tour at some point. But let me let's let's quickly talk about I found this. Wait a second, those guys yeah? have been friends of mine for forever. I mean, I knew, I played on Jonathan's first solo album when I was like 18 years old or something like that, and it never came out. But then he joined the Babies and then Journey, and the rest is history. But all these years later. He remembers stories of me when I was a kid. I took him to see, like, the Pink Flamingos and Eraserhead and all this crazy shit fucked his mind up a little bit. <laughs> but we've always been pals. I toured with Bad English and Jeff Beck in, in Japan in 1988. So, you know, the irony that our kids are together, whatever. I mean, Neil Sean is one of my favorite guitar players and a dear friend. Yep. And, you know, so, I mean, I, I'm also, you know, I'm still getting over losing Eddie, man. You know, this was, that one really hurt, man, because he was a real dear friend of mine for 40-plus years, man, him and Al. And, and that was a tragic loss. That was a real, like, a horse kicking me in the heart kind of well, fucked me up. Let, let me ask you then about this. Me. You know, I'm not trying to, like, segue into doing a big deal on this because 
I'm not the sort of guy that wants to milk press on my losing a friend like that. No, no, no. Like but we you... were just guitar buddies. We were really friends, you know. But you played on on Thriller, right? You played on Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah, I did a bunch of shit on Thriller. Yeah. And he came in and did the uh, the solo on Beat It. Uh, yeah, I did everything else on that song. Me and Jeff Picaro. Jeff played drums. I played all the guitars and the bass. They cut it twice, and that's how it got screwed up. And I wasn't in the room with Ed as it happened. Ed had already recorded his solo, and Michael had his quintupled lead vocals, Pristine, on the master reel. And two and four, he did in two and four on a chop case, and you can hear leakage through the phones. And Jeff put together a click track for himself, went out and played it, and then I overdubbed all this stuff. And then I went over and worked with Quincy and Michael. So we did that all by ourselves over the phone. Okay, so there was no session where you were hanging out in the studio with Eddie, with Michael. So the, oh, I've so... done that several times. Ed's okay. played on a few of my records, and I played with them live, and I sang background vocals on a couple of their albums during the Sammy era. Nothing oh, wow. earth-shattering, but I just happened to be there. Hey, we need a third voice. Luke, come out. You know, but it was nothing like... Yeah, oh, wow. People run with this shit like I played guitar on the records. It was really pretty funny. Like, Ed would need me. That's hilarious. But um, okay. I miss him. I miss him. From, you know, the band. I mean, we came up together, really. I met him in 1978. Wow. I borrowed an amp from him in 1979 for an Elton John session. We were in the same studio, Sunset Sound. And we became close friends after that, you know. Wow. All right. So uh, let me get into this, into your new album. I found the sun again, uh, co-produced by Kenny Freeman. Oh, did or you Ken- hear it? I did. And oh, wow. It, it's not coming out till February, man. I did that record in eight days. Done. Live. Right. No click tracks. No bullshit. Overdubbed the vocals the same day. Old well, school. And, and Alan, you're going to appreciate this. He covers uh, Low Spark of High Heel Boys by Traffic. Joe Walsh's Welcome to the Club. Robin Trower's Bridges of Psy. And, and then uh, I wrote a bunch of stuff. Right, and Alan, Alan, you haven't heard it, but I had, I've had a chance to hear it, the whole thing, and it's just this phenomenal guitar. There's blues going on in it. There's rock going on in it. Um, it almost made me feel like it was like a Michael Schenker kind of thing, you know? Like it had all. Oh, it had well, all that's it, flattering, in the in the sense of I didn't go into it. It's, I mean, these days you make an album, it's kind of a vanity thing, you know. You make enough to to, to you know. It's really just to go on the road, you know. <laughs> Uh, I did this record, but maybe my last, who knows? But I did it in eight days to see if I could. Solos live, everything. Didn't let anybody fix anything unless it was tragic. And there really wasn't any tragedies. And I kept it a little loose. And I wanted to breathe. I didn't over, nobody rehearsed. We read the chart once. I picked the tunes, worked with, you know, wrote the stuff and made sure with Jeff Babco, my genius collaborator on this brilliant keyboard player. Wrote a lot of stuff with me. Stan Lynch helped me with some lyrics. Joseph Williams was a huge hand in it, the singer from Toto. And we decided, since he's got his solo album and my solo album, we put it together. We paid a grillion dollars to get our name back from, you know, get our, David Page and I spent a fortune getting our name back, the band. And uh, he, David stands with me and Joe. So how do we make our money back? Go on the road, you know? And then we play our solo stuff plus Toto stuff. Everybody wins. And, uh, no, it's not Toto from 1978. It couldn't be. Two of the members are dead. Two are retired. One is medically impossible. He can't go, but he's still with us. That's Dave. But he was, you know, down MDing. We got a, a live stream uh, thing uh, show on November 21st to show off the new band I got. And I got some of the snarky puppy guys, guys that work with Prince, uh, my, my childhood friend, John Pierce on bass, in a session guy I used to be with Huey. 
uh, guys that can play any kind of music and groove, and uh, it's really strong. And uh, we we've been rehearsing, and I feels good to play with other musicians. You know, yeah, we got to be careful, but you know, everybody has to be careful. You know, and I just got my COVID test. You have, you know, I get one every couple of weeks. You know, I'm clean. I stay to myself. I got little kids. I my youngest is autistic, so I really can't mess with him. And uh, you know, Ringo, who I still work with, and is still a very dear friend of mine. I see him, and I don't want to get it. I don't want to get him sick. So we all got to be, we all made packs to be cool. Who we let around us, you know? I'm sure all of you guys have to do the same thing. Oh yeah, I mean I do. I'm I'm stuck in Montreal, and I, I never get to go anywhere. But explain to me, and Alan, how, how does Steve and Toto lose the name to Toto, retire the band, break up the band? Like, how did you not have Bitter Widow? Bitter Widows. Okay, They're but already already remarried. Really wealthy men, just to fuck with me because they don't like me. But how can they not like lies are perpetrated. Lies were perpetrated by certain members of that family that are not true. Right. And uh, there's a lot of, I don't know, man. You know, I got to be careful what I say. I get sued for farting these days. You know. But all right, so so (laughs) so then let's let's forget about that. Let's move forward. If you're gonna sue me for a fart, I want to make sure that all the fucking the paint changes colors and uh, you know uh, the <laughs> glass breaks wallpaper comes off you can sue me for shit like that i better burn the fucking house down with my butthole okay but this is some petty ass bullshit from people who don't even need the money it's just a gigantic fuck you lucather and i'm sick of taking it from those people i made a lot of money for these people still making money yeah and, so and you're gonna go back gr- i don't make a grillion dollars off africa a widow and David Page, who also she controls the license fees and fucks him over on those just for spite. So, I mean, there's a lot of evil behind it. Right. It's under the guise of, oh, I wasn't paid. Like, they went on fucking TMZ and said Dave and I were criminals. We, we proved our innocence. There was no retraction. Yet she writes 12-year-old mean girls. She's fucking married to a guy that's got, like, almost a billion dollars. What do you think I'm going to, after losing... Seven figures and a percentage I have to pay every night above the gross to people who don't need the money, just as a fuck you to me. You know, that's pretty cruel. I never did anything to this person. Her obsession with hating on me is legendary. But it made me, it turned me into an asshole. It made me crazy. I had to cut them all out of my life. We paid them off. We lost the case. Okay, if I ever use the name, this is what's going to happen. I didn't want to use the name. But the promoters goes, you're an idiot if you don't do this. You're going to make this much difference in money. And the, the honest to God, Toto makes zero money except for past royalties if we're not working. And Steve Picaro told me I was a liar for this. Well, I'm not a liar. How much money did you make off the band without, aside from royalties last year? Nothing! So, unless I use the fucking name, it's worthless. I mean, you know, it is what it is. He didn't want to buy in. He thought he should just put his hand out and be given to him for free, even though he's out of the band for 25 years. And he hates my guts for it. You said you were going to take care of me. Well, man, Steve, you said a lot of things to me, too, and you didn't come through. Not even emotionally, as a friend. And, and all the people that sued me and fucked me had his last name. And it was David Page, too, who started the fucking band. You know? Wow. So, yeah, I'm a little bitter about that because I have to keep paying it off. That's another reason to get back together. I still got fucking legal fees and payoffs to these fucking people that I got to pay back. I'm not, I, I do well, but I, I don't have the, I don't wipe my ass with fucking thousand dollar bills and 
follow a man who shits in a golden toilet seat like that woman does. So, I mean, I really don't, I have nothing in common with these people. So, from this point out, I wish them all well. God bless you. I'll pay you when I use it. Shut up and leave me alone. Well, listen, as a, I was going to say, tell us how you really feel about these people. No, Uh, but. No, they've been spending fucking 30 years fucking with me. But I'm tired of it, man. Fuck them. I don't care about them. I really don't. You know, you know, there's some people that are good people that get older and don't want to tour, and maybe they felt life passed them by or whatever. And there are some people that could have feasibly been, you know, when the last time the devil took a shit, they flew out of it, you know? You see, and this is how we get to the solo <laughs> album, because through all of this, you finally, you finally found the sun again. I found the sun again. Uh, I found the sun again because I fell in love with a beautiful girl named Amber who changed my life. She right. changed my whole outlook in life. She changed the way I live. Awesome. She changed the way I think. She's given me love. She's given me security. She's given me spirituality. And she cooks like a five-star chef. And she awesome. has been through this nonsense before because she was married to a, uh, another rock and roller. And uh, so she's played the game. But we've been together for a year. It's been the happiest year of my life. And that song was written for her. It, yeah, it really was. Alan, I'm going to ask you this, because, Alan, you were in that scene in the early 80s with, you know, helping out Motley Crue and discovering Dawkins and, and, of course, working with Slash and stuff. How well, did you... Guys. Oh, I love all my friends. I mean, I see Slash last week. We had dinner with Slash last week, you know. Oh, wow. Uh, He's still a very dear friend of mine. I have very weird friends. I mean, Lemmy and I, God bless his soul, were friends. We didn't listen to each other's music much. You know, but he would run into my son, Trev, at the Rainbow or something, because I'm way too old for that shit. And he goes, I love love your dad, but I hate his band. <laughs> we used to be a drinking buddy of mine back in the day. I mean, it's been 11 years, no booze, no crazy for me. And I'm much better for it. I mean, you know, during the wild years, they tell me I had a great time, but maybe not so much. It was, you know, it was the thing to do, you know. I was I was 19 years old when I started in this shit, and that was in the 70s. Do I have to say any more? There was, As a young there was one night. Every, that, every room uh, I walked into... Every room I walked into as a young session player, it looked like an igloo, if you know what I mean. Yeah. No, so, no, I, mean, there was I, was one, uh... to, I was exposed to a rough life early on, had a few laughs, fucked up a bunch, and now I really wish I hadn't done it, but it was a life experience. You know, I was no different than anybody else who lived in, in L.A. or in the music business at that time. Fucking lawyers were carrying around in their briefcase. My gardener had blow, okay? <laughs> Fucking insane. <laughs> No, it's you look back on it like like a horrifically embarrassing moment in your youth that everybody saw. Like, say you shit your pants in class and you can never live it down. It's like all of us who did that, and believe me, I was doing fucking 25 sessions a week and in a band. I mean, how fucked up could I have been? But, you know, one guy gets busted in the band, and all of a sudden the whole band becomes a, you know. Alan, you've been through this shit before. You know what I'm talking about. Well, the, the one thing I was going to say to you was, uh, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about looking at the past. I'm not like worried about it at all. My, I laugh my, at it. my, my recollection of Blow is a room full of people who are all getting pissed off, waiting for the other person to stop talking so they could, 
And come the following morning, they couldn't remember a damn thing anybody said. So nobody remembered. Well, no, it was like solve the world's problem while trying to chew your own forehead off with no recollection of what happened. <laughs> Nothing was solved. No plans were fucking made. Your dick doesn't work. You're out money. You promised the deal you pay him at 9 a.m. and you haven't even been to the bank yet. There's a room full of drunken losers that have smoked and pigged out in your house, and they still won't leave. That's what I remember. There's a funny story oh, about Steve. Glenn Hughes. Glenn Hughes and I. Glenn was dating my first. Oh, there's a couple. Now, there's Glenn, there's now, a name to with. Who were dear friends with. I love him. He's one of the greatest singers of all time, and I have nothing but respect. But when he was fucked up, like in 1980 or whatever, he was at my house one night, and he wouldn't leave. And I had this acoustic guitar. There. It was a, uh, like, a, like a classical guitar. And he wouldn't stop noodling on it. He was playing shit. He was like, dude, it's fucking 8 in the morning. Get the fuck out. You know, I just uh, got to play one more thing. And I'm like, going, you ain't playing me nothing, man. And he wouldn't stop. I'd pick up the guitar and smash the guitar. I'd go, okay, we're done now. <laughs> and I did that as a joke. He wrote it in his book, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, you, know <laughs> you know, that shit just made you do crazy shit, man. You know, I mean, that's all I can say. Every stupid thing I ever did in my life was on booze and drugs or a combination thereof. And, you know, since that's been out of my life, I'm great. I go to bed early, I wake up early, I'm happy, I said, you know, everybody's cool, and I'm in charge of the business at this point, trying to fix everything, and it's been very, very hard, because I'm, you know, nobody wants to agree on anything. I mean, there's a, paper, there's a piece of paperwork to pay these people, they refuse to sign it. You know what I mean? It's like, I, there's only so much I can do, and I get a lawyer bill for that. And they just laugh at me, going, yeah, fuck you, it cost them 500 bucks, the cunt, you know? They hate me so much that, like, they I don't want to say too much because they'll sue me. They'll sue me for talking about anything. Well, they will. But but also in in that altered state, you did create a lot of great music. Has <laughs> well, let me let me preface something. When we were working, there wasn't a lot of partying going on. Afterwards, phew, look out. But you know, you can't function like. I mean, I'm not saying anybody didn't do a hit or whatever like that. But nobody got crazy. And what during work time, and that's on sessions and stuff like that. You had to read music, you had to figure out what's going on, or you weren't going to get called back again. So there's a great responsibility to being a number one studio guy, and uh, you had to be on the case, be creative, because most of the shit I did, I had to make up my own parts on the spot. It wasn't like all the notes were written out, and I had to just had to be an idiot, a robot, and read them. I mean, I can read music, but the love, that's not why I got hired. You know? I got hired to fill in the blanks, so that's why I worked so much, because I had an arranger mind in my little guitar head. And I could come up with lots of different uh, ideas and under pressure. A lot of cats couldn't do that. I saw a lot of great players fold into a house of cards. I played on records I can't tell you I played on for big big bands, because I had to sign non-disclosure shit, because guys couldn't play eighth notes in tune in time. They could play live, and live it's forgivable, but in the studio, your warts are amplified. Alan, by the way, when you were working with uh, at Greenwall with Motley Crue and all, did you ever have a chance to use Steve on a project, or did his name ever nah, come I up? I never like... played on their records, man. Those guys can play. No. But uh, uh, there are other bands <laughs> that I can't mm-hmm. talk about. You oh, know, I Tommy got... and I, you know, we used to hang out a lot. I love Tommy, man. You know, we got in a lot of trouble together, and it was a lot of fun. It was like 30 years ago, so. But, uh, you know, I didn't really know the other guys. I know Nikki a little bit, you know. My girlfriend knows Nikki, Nikki's wife now, and they're very close. But, uh, you know, I've always loved the band, you know, and, and great guys. Makes a sweetheart, yeah. you know. I don't have nothing bad. 
No, no, no. It wasn't like that. It was there were other weird, weirder bands. I mean, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you one. I played, a, I played Slide on a Circle Jerks record once. <laughs> oh wow, there's a band yeah, I haven't yeah. heard so, in I mean, a like long all time. These, all these, all, all these guys that hate me because they're punk rocker guys have no fucking clue, you know. Wow, that's funny. There's ringers everywhere. There, there are. There are. I know that play that you know the bass player in my band, John Pierce. He just joined Toto. He used, he used to play bass on all the alternative records because the bass player just couldn't either play in time or just well, it wasn't happening, you know. But he, he's the live guy, and so yeah. he did that. But John did all those sessions, but he couldn't talk about it. Well, you know, there's so, there's you, you McDonald but, with Bon Jovi. You know, he did all the Bon Jovi well, yeah, stuff. You. I mean, I remember Jimmy Page. First time I met Jimmy Page, man, which was a trip. I was with Eddie, and we were at this uh, Guitar Center event. And uh, Jimmy Page was there, and he pulled me aside and said, Hey, man, I, I read somewhere that you said that you'd be taken more seriously as a guitar player if you weren't a session guy. He goes, me and John Paul Jones were session guys. He goes, that's way different than all these other guys that are here. And it was like every famous guitar player in L.A who had never done that, you know, didn't know what it was like to create in the studio and, and, and what, you know, under pressure and all that other shit. And I, and I, I, I actually hugged him. I said, can I tell people you said this to me? <laughs> he laughed and said, yeah, he was so cool to me, man. One of my all time heroes says, says that to me. It really made me feel good. You know, changed my whole attitude about it. Actually. It did. I'm very proud yeah. to have been a studio musician. It's not an easy gig. People have no idea. They just think that we sit and read the notes on a piece of paper. No idea. Nope. That's now, how untrue that is. And some of the hookiest shit in the world that I ripped, that I came up with on days when now you get songwriters credit, we could be talking from my space shuttle, you know. Now I know your publicist has set up interviews every half hour, and we unfortunately gotta 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 stop this one. But we need to do a part two because we Please. we didn't even, we didn't mention. I got, uh, I got time. So yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, I will I will talk to uh, to Steve the the publicist yeah, yeah, it's and scheduling and, man it's like I love you I'll talk to you anytime and Alan it's been an honor to talk to you man and uh, oh, hold it's on. always a, Steve Steve it's always a pleasure to talk to you and I'm dead fucking serious I would pay to come and listen to you play and tell stories yeah me I too. love the fact that you're I love the fact that you're so grounded and centered and honest. And yeah, my honesty you, gets you, me in trouble. People don't like me to be so honest, I don't think. Yeah, you should have no, seen I the like Twitter honest, fight. I Alan, like Alan, people. Alan, on Twitter, about two weeks ago, somebody called Steve to task for swearing on Twitter, and it became quite an entertaining exchange of, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was why hilarious. Do people pay, why do people pay so much attention to four little words, whether it be shit, fuck, cunt, whatever it is? I mean, what's... Steve, do you know where that all came from? I mean, why is this a big deal considering the problems we really have? Yeah, I know. Steve, do you I know, know what? Steve, do you, let me tell you where that came from. In 1066, <laughs> England was invaded by the Normans of northern France, who mm -hmm. spoke French. And part of their um, suppression of the Anglo of the, of the um, Anglo-Saxon um, people they'd just conquered, was to deem their language inferior and vulgar. So that is basically where the idea that certain words were not to be said and not to be used Oh, yeah, began. I know. It was that the, the French, they, you know, they, they'd capture the best uh, archer and they cut off the two fingers and like that. And that was when they came over the hill, the fuck you was the two fingers. That's why in England yeah. they used that instead of the middle finger. 
Right. But, yeah, well, but, it's the Bowman's fingers. It's the two Bowman's fingers for the yeah. longbow. Uh, and yeah. after Agincourt, when we whooped the froggies in Agincourt, it was two fingers to you, mate. I see. Right. We're coming anyway, let me see. You're, now here, you're going to get into trouble for the slang here, not me. <laughs> let me, uh, hey, listen, man, they're, they're, let they're me bail on you. I'm going to... Yeah, they're, they're they're beeping through to me. I'm really sorry. All right, I'd Cheers. love to talk to you guys for a while. So let's do this again, will you? Absolutely. Well, I'll call All Steve right. again. Cheers. Yeah, we'll do it again. Thanks, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it.